I've been praying for the non-believers. All my neighbors thinking I will leave her. Awful eager to vote for all deceivers. They don't care what the creator prefers. They don't believe in walking up to Peter. They don't believe in God, Jesus either. Go from breeders and the instant reapers. Listen to the tweeters, the twisted leaders, misdemeanors. Then you go for felonies. Hello and welcome to Be Vigilant. I'm your host, Matt Dean. With me, as always, is my wife and co-host, Becky. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friend, Valerie M. Thank you again for all your prayerful support, financial support. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Becky, what's going on today? It's raining. Yes, it is. Hey, real quick, we'd like to start out by saying if you guys haven't followed us on social media, are you not on social media? We would much appreciate that. Becky puts out some fire on Facebook. <laughs> and we all know that Facebook has the algorithms. And so the more shares and the more people we get interacting with those, the more people see it. That's how we break the algorithm. Yep. They can't just all together shadow ban you if you want. Or on Twitter, the shows are posted on Twitter. <clears throat> Why don't you give the people the Facebook and Twitter uh, names? So Facebook is just Be Vigilant. You can send us a friend request. It's just a regular old personal page. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Twitter is Be Vigilant 11. There you go. Also, yep, we like the Be Vigilant 11 handle on Telegram, which is a, I don't know, maybe it's dying these days because Twitter is free again. It was like a free Twitter, free speech Twitter, not free. They're all free, right? Yeah. Uh, Also, Instagram, you can find me at Matt D underscore RU Recovery or Becky at RU Recovery. Um, there's a couple underscores and be vigilant podcast. Mm-hmm. It might be in the reverse order. Maybe one day we'll write these down think, and we'll be able to say them correctly. Too. Well, I think really you can just search my name, Becky Dean, and, and it'll come up because that go. is the name underneath the title mm-hmm. or whatever you call your fancy social media handle. handles. There yeah. you go. And always, I like to put some things out on Gab. If you're not on Gab, check it out. It's Christian owned and operated. Uh, be vigilant with Matt. That's the name on that one. We'd we'd appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Becky likes to share the shows out there. We appreciate everybody that tunes in on American Christian Network Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. And if you miss something or something we say is life changing, I doubt that that's <laughs> happening. But yeah, you could share it digitally mm-hmm. anywhere that you get your podcast. Pretty much. We uh we try to be as fluid as we can. We know in today's world people not gender fluid, just fluid. No fluid in accessibility. Sorry, <laughs> you got to be careful what words you use these days. I guess I'm still old school and <laughs> don't think like that. If you're thinking like that, you're probably not listening to our show either. Yeah. No, we just want to say again, we appreciate everybody that's helped us out, keep us on the air. If you would like to help out, five zero nine eight one eight seven eight one eight. Let us know. Uh, we'd love to partner with anybody and everybody. Mm-hmm. Maybe not everybody, but well, whatever keeps us uh, doing this, that would be great. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to the old format today. I would like to. Uh, I was reading some Bible verses the other day, and uh, something stuck out to me. And I think it'll help a lot of people in a lot of different churches today. If we go back to First Corinthians, uh, chapter one, not all the way back to verse one. We're going to start in verse ten. And Paul is writing to this church at Corinth because they've screwed up once again. I'm going to say it once again. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe this is the first time. It is the first uh, epistle of Paul, the apostle, to the churches at Corinth. And in 
chapter 1, verse 10 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye, ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I am of, of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. Gaius. We even were going over that beforehand. I don't know why I want to say Gaius. I, I don't know, because I corrected you, and you can't handle that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just immature. <clears throat> I like I like verse 14 there. I thank God that I baptized none of you but these two dudes, right? Mm -hmm. And as I read this, you can see someone told on them, <laughs> right? Yeah. But if we go back to where we started in verse 10, right? They all speak the same thing. We know that churches are filled with sinners, mm -hmm. unperfect people. But I think today what I've seen in a lot of churches is people start to put the divisions in there. And they start to say, well, you know, the pastor says this, and, you know, they start to hold the pastor more in a higher regard. And you should. You should give the pastors respect. Yes. But they're just sinners like the rest of us. Or maybe somebody says, well, you know, I've buddied up with so-and-so, and they they really, you know, they've showed me this way, their view of the Bible. <clears throat> to me... We really need to be in one accord, is, is what Paul's saying, right? Mm -hmm. That we don't have these divisions because these are, these are how churches split. Mm -hmm. These are how churches die if they're, they're too prideful to split, right? This is, this is the, the division that Satan, that's how Satan comes in your church, is through divisions through the, the men of your church, mm -hmm. men and women. So this is what Paul, he saw this way back then. This, I mean, this is... Nice to know that there's nothing new under the sun. Yep. <clears throat> right? If we if we start to pick sides and we choose sizes, or maybe in these bigger churches, I've heard that there's cliques. Mm -hmm. you got to fit in with the right cliques to to get into ministry and things like that. I don't know. <clears throat> we don't go to a big church, so we, we can't speak directly on how that works. I'd say our church is so small that it's just a click. One big <laughs> click. <laughs> And that's what we need to work on, right? We need to work on as we invite more people, we need to be more inviting. We need to reach out. We need to open arms to the visitors. Mm -hmm. Not just as they walk in the door, but mm -hmm. invite them to lunch, mm -hmm. invite them to your house. Sometimes I try to I stay a little standoffish with new visitors because I don't want to scare anybody away. Well, yeah, not the first day they walk in, like, but if they continue to visit. They let jack wagons like this in this church. I don't know if I want to come hang out here. <laughs> That, that's my fear. Not that I come on too strong, that they're like, whoa, what is wrong with this dude? <laughs> what were you saying? Invite them to church? No. I mean, lunch. They're already at your church. Yep, there we go. If, in, if they're continued visitors, mm -hmm. then yeah, invite them over, get to know them. We have failed this miserably, so mm -hmm. we're not pointing fingers at anyone else, ourselves. Yeah. But go back to what Paul's saying here. Don't let that division, because... When you start to take sides of humans, what does he, he says, is Christ divided? Mm -mm. He did not come to say, hey, 
this is okay, but also this is okay. No, he came to say sin is sin, evil is evil. We need to make converts, right? And stick together. Yeah. That's verse 13. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? That's what he's saying. Did, did I die for you? If Paul was crucified for you, then it's no good, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? We don't do any of these in the name of our pastor, in the name of our deacon, in the name of our music leader, whatever it is. We do these, everything we do, we do in the name of Christ. Yep. And that's what we should be doing. And that's what I want to encourage everybody out there. It's just that take a, a moment to reflect on your church life, your church body. Are you involved? Are you moving for Christ first before you're moving for man? That that mm-hmm. would be how I'd like to wrap that up there, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, I pray that, that that helped you guys a little bit. It just hit me as I read it. I said our church isn't big enough to be divided like this. It's just these are stories that people have brought to me from other churches. Well— I have heard stories about our church. Mm, maybe I should be that, more involved. No, no, from before we got there. Oh. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how big your church is. In in our church resolved any little problems that they had, but they're silly little issues mm-hmm. that, you know, people get mad, and that's a normal thing, but you need to resolve it. You can't let it divide you. Yeah. And here's the beauty of the Bible. If there is a division, the answer is in the scripture. Yep. So and I would let's say myself, I've taken prideful stance on things before mm-hmm. in the church, and it, it's through Scripture that God writes me mm-hmm. that He says, "Get over yourself, right? Move forward." You're not always right, mm-hmm. even though I usually am. Well, well, with me, <laughs> she is. No. So I hope that helped you. We wanted to jump into uh, some current events we got going on. So we were, <clears throat> we were. Uh, hanging out with some friends, and they they informed us about this event coming up in Spokane, in Spokane County. It's the Spokane GOP Lincoln Day Gala for 2023. That's a fancy name. It sounds way mm-hmm. too fancy for me. Yes. But it's a, it's a great fundraiser, and, you know, if you've listened to the show before, you know that the Spokane GOP chair is Brian Noble. You've heard him on this show. The vice chair is MJ Bolt. She's been on this show a few times. And, uh, the committee man, Matt Hawkins, you've heard him on the show before. So we we wanted to talk about this. It's a great fundraiser on April 15th, and it's going to be at the Davenport Grand. Now, that's fancy. Mm-hmm. With the keynote speaker being Harmeet Dillon. Wow, big time. Yeah, hey, little old Spokane has a keynote speaker of Harmeet Dillon. This lady has been to fought. She's a constitu- constitutional lawyer. You can see her on Fox and all the big news things. She's here on good news sources like Real American Voice as well. She's always willing to go talk to them. But she's uh, litigated cases into the Supreme Court and won twice, mm-hmm. meaning that she stuck to the Constitution and whoever couldn't tell you the, off the uh, top of my head what those courts were. But here's what it says about Harmeet Dillon. Harmeet Dillon is a lawyer who fights passionately for fundamental civil rights, First Amendment religious liberties and speech, and equal protections, due process rights. Harmeet is the chair of the Republican National Lawyers Association. She also ran for the chair of the whole National Republican Convention. Uh, Beat out by Rona McDaniel again. McDonnell. I don't know. Just stupid rhino. I was hoping she would be gone and Harmeet would get the spot, but she didn't. But it says in her role as the RNC committee woman for California, Harmeet recently ran against incumbent Rona McDaniel, for RNC chair and is passionate about 
the party making changes to ensure free and fair elections nationwide. So she'll be speaking there, and you can get different level of tickets. This is it's a uh, a fundraiser. So tickets today are now two hundred and fifty dollars. There's VIP. Uh, with you can pay a little bit more, and you get a reception with the keynote speaker and a photo opportunity. Hey, if you have a business and you want to really donate, you can get ten seats together for sixteen hundred dollars. Oh, sorry, twenty-two fifty. Parking is available uh, for six dollars. Once again, it's a downport grand downtown, fancy place. You can get into the exclusive keynote gathering is five hundred dollars, and this includes wine and cheese with keynote. Paid ticket required. So you can also go on to Spokane GOP. There's a link for the Lincoln Day Gala on there. Check it out. If you want to help promote and move forward the local GOP, this is a great event. Black tie optional. Don't forget that. Yeah. Oh, black Don't show tie. Up. Yep. Don't show up in jeans and a sweatshirt. Yep. So you can re- register at the website. Here it is. It's, uh, I can't read it. Sorry. Just go to Spokane GOP. There'll be a link right there on their you website. Want me to read that? Sure. It's not this a. One? Yep. Bidpal.net forward slash Lincoln Day. Okay. So it doesn't seem like a real website. But, anyways, oh. go to Spokane GOP. <laughs> We're saying it sounds like a great event. Help out. Help uh, continue to push the conservative agenda forward. It takes money. That's what it takes, mm-hmm. right? It takes money to get people elected. And I'm praying that the GOP now will be moving in the right direction and that we can start to get good Christian conservative elected people again. Yes. So into the news, I want to go now. We will be talking about that event more. So if you missed something today, we'll bring it up again in a couple of days here. So I missed the Super Bowl. I was in another country. I was waiting for all the Super Bowl loser T-shirts to show up. Probably wouldn't have watched it anyways. No, it's on Sundays. But everybody was up in arms. I did see these news articles. Everybody was up in arms because they put the black national anthem before our national anthem. That's a bit rude. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't do that. But this is what I ask you. Whenever you go to an event, do you pray before or do you have the national anthem before, or the Pledge of Allegiance before? Mm. I don't Me. go to events. Yeah, you do. Me, I always lean into let's pray first because I'm a Christian first, an American second. Mm-hmm. Nobody believes me when I say the Black National Anthem is a gospel song. Mm-hmm. It was written. The word God is in it many a time. So Becky was skeptical. She said, well, was it by real Christians? So we had to dig into it. Well, yeah, I just all I did was read the words mm-hmm. and I was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. But upon further investigation matt found some interesting stuff and i found it because it popped up two years ago three years ago and i and i heard it and i thought man that sounds like a good christian gospel song right there and so from the western journal it says the truth about the black national anthem we wanted to bring this to you guys if you haven't looked it up yet it you know these are easy facts to find out everybody was up in arms because it was before our national anthem fair enough like we should be putting that first but you want to sing a gospel song before the national anthem? I'm kind of all right with that. Mm-hmm. They are trying to. I. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to split us up apart, saying that the the black people have their own national anthem because they're different than the rest of America. That's incorrect. Sounds like Jim Crow to me. Yeah. So, from Focus on the Families News, they they've researched this. The it's called Lift Every Voice and Sing. 
It was originally written by two Christian brothers, James Weldon Johnson and J. Roseman Johnson, in 1900. And it was a celebration of Abraham Lincoln's 91st birthday. Mm-hmm. Right? Hey, right on, man. They crafted this, this hymn to be sung by a chorus of 500 black school children at the Stanton School, the very first public school for black Americans in Florida. Hey, right on. That's awesome as well. Because think about it. 1900, the country is still reeling, right? There is a lot of division between it. And so they wanted to mark the occasion for Abraham Lincoln, the president that freed the slaves, to say, you know, how cool this was. And says James Weldon Johnson figured the song would end there, but much to his surprise, its influence and reach began to spread. Right. The, the lines of the song repay me in elation, almost of exquisite anguish, Whenever I hear them sung by the Negro Church, this is the author saying this, right? But in the years followed, the first performance, Lift Every Voice and Sing, spread throughout the African-American community. In the 1920s, was officially declared the Negro National Anthem. The, one, the more famous of the two brothers, James Weldon, went on to be the president and AACP. This is what I like to get to here. Lift Every Voice and Sing Lyrics. If you, if you read them and you listen to them, you're like, man, that's a God-fearing man wrote those. It can't be anything different. This isn't Bethel. <laughs> yep. Right? And this article in the Western Journal says, despite what time and other liberal-leaning liberal outlets claim, Lift Every Voice and Sing is not about political revolution or black identity. Quite the contrary. The hymnal actually speaks to how black Americans, despite their long troubled history, can still find their identity rooted in the God of the Bible, lift every voice and sing, preaches the values of liberty, hope, and faith. Mm-hmm. And that's where I want to jump off right there. Because that that's where we need to be. We have allowed these liberals to divide our country again. And take something that was meant to glorify God and turn it into a racial issue mm-hmm. to, to divide us. Yeah. And I'm not one for going and taking down statues and changing this and changing that. But if we were to change the name from the, you know, the Black National Anthem to, you know, Abraham the, Lincoln's. The other National Anthem? Yeah, or whatever. I mean, I love our National Anthem. Having been in the military, man, sometimes it still brings a tear to my eye when I hear it. Mm-hmm. So maybe we don't play it first. I don't know. I, you know, this is just trying to spitball out here. But to me, you need to go and research whether the song is written about. Listen to the words and you'll be like, wow. I was just watching the Super Bowl, and this song lifted God. The, the God, Jehovah, lifted him up on the biggest TV platform in the world. With the most satanic halftime show Yeah. Hey, so I, it, be, it got to play first, so mm-hmm. hopefully maybe he canceled out some of the terribleness. Yeah, it, and it's, uh, it's good to know that people still, even if it's by accident, are putting God first, right? Mm-hmm. And in more Christian news, I want to, I don't know if you guys heard about this. The Texas Tech basketball coach was fired for racism because he quoted the Bible. Oh. I, I didn't know there's racism in the Bible. I've read it a little bit. Yeah. So this one is from, what article is this from? Uh, National File. And the author of this article is Frankie Stocks. It says Texas Tech basketball coach Mark Adams has been forced to step down after he was accused of racism for directly quoting a Bible verse to a member of his basketball team, first prompting a suspension before his ultimate demise over the Christian scripture 
that the school calls unacceptable and racially insensitive. So this isn't in Philadelphia, New Jersey, Vermont. This is Texas. Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. The Red Raiders, right? I bet you you could cancel their name for that. The Red Raiders has to do with blood mm-hmm. killing. So he's the reigning Big 12 coach of the year as well, right? Another racism saga, it says. This is wild. Uh, What was the... So here it is. He's suspended after Texas Tech described the Bible verse about how there is always a master and a servant as an inappropriate, unacceptable, and racially insensitive comment, and that Adam's return to his team would be contingent on an investigation into the situation. Here's what Adams has to say, the coach. I was quoting the scripture. Adams reportedly told the stadium. It was a private conversation about coaching and when you have a job and being coachable, right? I said in the Bible that Jesus talks about how we all have bosses and we are all servants. I was quoting the Bible about that. So another coach overheard it and that's what he said. So here again, you got to look at what uh, version you're using. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes slave is slipped in there, and I've had this conversation on this show before, I bet. A servant in the Bible times chose to be a servant because they had nothing else, and they wanted to be connected to that, that master. Mm-hmm. There is slaves, right? The nation of Israel was enslaved by Egypt or any of the other countries. Different slave. There is a there is different parts of the Bible where slave is interchangeable with servant, but that it is still a choice that these people made. Mm-hmm. This guy's just talking about what Jesus said: we all have bosses and we all have to be servants. Mm-hmm. He's the coach. He wants this this young man to be coachable so that they can win. And now he's fired. This is Christianity on being persecuted here in modern America. Yep. It's, it's not coming through hangings and burnings and things like that. It's coming through, you know, this dude's probably making millions of dollars yeah. a year. It's, you're going to lose your livelihood now. Mm-hmm. Just wild. Stick up for him. You can contact Texas Tech if you want. Tell them they're wrong. But this man stood out on his faith, and now he has lost his job. Mark Adams, former coach, Big 12 Coach of the Year of Texas Tech. Ridiculous. Yep. Another article I want to talk about today, too, as well. You know we love Stu Peters here on this show. The dude is fire. And so he calls out the Mark Levin-backed Constitutional Convention sham to destroy America. Oh, finally. Yeah. And this is also from National Files, same author, Frank Frankie Stocks. And so it's nationally syndicated TV news host Stu Peters is calling out establishment broadcaster Mark Levine and his colleagues over their plans to hold a constitutional convention supported by George Soros. Oh, weird. If you don't know what a constitutional convention is, Article 5, I can't remember if Becky and I... We've done a lot of research on this. We, you know, through the John Birch Society, which is quoted in this this article here, in Article Five, a Constitution, Constitution of States. Mm-hmm. Got to watch out for that. That's also I saw somebody on Facebook said, "Hey, join this Constitution of States." Yeah, I was like, "Sorry, but no, no." What they want is to gather all of our delegates and have this Constitutional Convention so that they can put term limits on our Congress people and that they can have a balanced budget. All it's going to take is for AOC to raise her hand and say, I put an amendment to the agenda. You have a runaway convention and they rewrite the whole thing. Yeah. There goes our first amendment, our second amendment, our third, fourth, all of them, mm-hmm. all them, all the ones that they've been attacking gone. And it takes one hand. Yep. 
Because those are the representation. You're not going to have solid people like you'd say Jim Jordan. You see him on fire right now or Rand Paul and Thomas Massey, true con constitutionalists. They're going to be the underdogs. They're right? the minority <clears throat> when it comes to this kind of stuff. And so now they've they've filtered it into the, the conservative realm and they say, no, we need this. We need this. Shouldn't they be operating under a balanced budget now? Yeah, we don't need to change the Constitution to have to stick to a budget. You just stick to a budget. Yep. That's why it's called a budget. Exactly. Term limits. That's why we get to vote. Mm -hmm. If you force term limits on Nancy Pelosi, she would have just acted like a demon way quicker and way harder because she had to seal all her deals within those eight years or whatever it was. Yep. Hey, work on your own states to say Congress people can only have three terms or whatever it is. Put that into your own state constitution. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of America, right? And I'm glad Stu Peters has brought this up. I'm glad he's on our side. Mark Levin writes books. He's on Fox News. He's got a weird voice. <laughs> I will say this. Glenn Beck changed course. Glenn Beck, a great conservative voice that a lot of people listen to, he changed course and said, I do not support the Constitutional Convention anymore. That was probably the biggest win for last year that I saw mm -hmm. come against this. All it takes is, what, 38% of the states, some weird number? Yeah. Or 38 states? 38 Somewhere in the 30s states, yeah. and we're up in the 20s. Yep. Washington shot it down again. Good for them. Yeah, surprisingly. Yep. They just, they just haven't figured out how to monetize on it. Yeah. And then, then they'll go for that. So when you hear Constitu Constitutional Convention, Convention of the States, Article 5. The con-con, yeah. as we've called it. Run the other way. Mm -hmm. It is not a good thing, no matter how pretty of a bow they put on it. Yep. So real quick, the end today, you know Becky and I are anti-jab. We think it, it's killing people. It's hurting athletes. You see people dying suddenly all of a sudden. From Breitbart, this is a couple weeks old, but I wanted to save it because I wanted to bring it to you. The, the title of the article says, Do not take the injections they give you. Dolphins Byron Jones warns players about team doctors. Pretty sure Byron Jones was a Pro Bowl football player. The elite of the elite. The best cornerbacks in the NFL. It says Miami Dolphins star cornerback Byron Jones appears to be sing signaling that he is wrapping up his NFL career, but he is also telling young players not to take the shots and pills from teams, team doctors, because it isn't worth the lifetime of pain the game wrecks on their bodies, right? So he's saying that he it's even hard for him to get out of bed anymore. Mm. And he's blaming it on these myriad of different shots. Right, not just the one. Yeah. That's what we're saying. If you if you hate Pfizer because of the, the COVID jab, don't trust them with the next jab either or the jab before that because they're the same today as they were yesterday. Mm -hmm. Big Pharma hates you and just wants to make money. We need to stand up and rise up and say, no, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. It's wild. The times we're living in, that we are subject to this technocracy, this 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 horrible regime across the board, not just Biden and them. I thank you guys for tuning in. Becky, I thank you for your input today. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's what we have today. I hope you enjoyed our show. Until next time, remember, be sober, be vigilant. Goodbye. To the old me. God made me a new Kill kids in the womb, try to get to heaven, here's the interview.